Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 129. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome back to the MCAT podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week where I'm joined by the amazing Clara from Next Step Test Prep. This week, we are diving into still some more Next Step Test Prep Full Length 10 Bio Biochem. All right, Claire, back for some more Next Step Test Prep Full Length 10 Bio Biochem. After last week's uh, debacle on that last question, I, I hope this week can go a little bit smoother with uh, our explanations and, and question breakdowns. Can you Can you promise me that? I think I, I think it's safe to promise. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, and and we have discretes today, so those are usually a little bit better anyway. Yeah, I think it'll be a little more manageable uh, with these discretes, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, I'll start here. Question forty-four: A medical student stubbed her toe and observed that there was a momentary gap between when she realized she had stubbed her toe and when she felt the onset of pain. She wondered if this might relate to a structural difference in the neurons involved in baroception versus those involved in nociception. Which of the following is best is the best hypothesis for explaining this observation? So nociception uh, is the uh, perception of pain and baroreception pressure. So uh, the baroception she felt first, she knew it was there, but she didn't feel the pain uh, until later. So there's something different with the nociception, I, I think, is, totally. um, is is the breakdown there. And they're saying, what's the difference, basically, uh, between those two? All right. A, the neurons in the nociception pathway are not myelinated, whereas those involved in the baroception pathway are myelinated. And so needing to go back to physiology, knowing the myelin sheath, uh, and you have the nodes of Ranvier, or however you say that fancy word, um, causes faster um, uh, transmission of the electrical current up the the neuron. And so that makes sense right away because it's saying the, the nociception pathway is not myelinated. Therefore, it's going to be a slower uh, transmission of that signal. And the baroreception is going to be faster because it is myelinated. So that one stands out right away as, as that's the right answer uh, because it seems correct. But I'm going to read the rest here. B, the neurons in the nociception pathway have more dendrites than those in the baroreception pathway. That doesn't make sense. C, the neurons in the baroreception pathway are not myelinated, uh, whereas those involved in the nociception pathway are myelinated. So that doesn't make sense. That's the opposite of A. And then D, 
the neurons in the baroception pathway have more dendrites than those in the nociception pathway. So that's the opposite of B. And uh, I said B is not right just because it doesn't make sense. So D doesn't make sense either. So I'm going to stick with my answer choice, A. A is perfect. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those cases where we see it. We know what's right. Uh, if you have time, it's good to go through the other ones. But yeah, A, A is a perfect explanation of why the nociception pathway is slower. Alrighty. And as somebody, this is an easier one for me because I, I have uh, the little personal information. I have some some myelin destruction in my spinal cord. And uh, it, it's it's funny doing a physical exam on me and, and actually doing like pinprick on my fingers where, where some of the, the pathways are messed up. It's like a super delayed response compared to normal. And so it's, it's kind of funny. My, my neurologist wife is like, oh, that's just like the textbook. it's fascinating yeah yeah all right 45 Um, all right 45 gtp is best classified as a member of which class of biological molecules a amino acids b peptides c nucleotides or d nucleic acids oh gtp guanosine triphosphate if i remember correctly Yep. Um, and so we have to know amino acids, peptides, nucleotides, nucleic acids. Um, amino acids doesn't sound right. It's like, well, GTP isn't like guanine or proline or any of those like amino acids. So I'd cross that one out. Um, and then peptides, I don't know guanine triphosphate and so i try to figure out what the word means i'm like um oh i don't know it's i i'm between nucleotides or nucleic acids and i I would probably guess at that point and choose c nucleotide that's perfect that's right yeah um do you remember the difference between nucleotides and nucleic acids do I remember the difference? Yeah. No. It, it's funny. Nucleic acids to me, uh, I, I think of, and I don't know if this is right, but this is what comes to my head, is like like DNA nucleic acids, like mm-hmm. uh, A, T, C, P, U, whatever those those letters are. Totally. Yeah, That's those are the typical examples we'll see, like DNA, RNA. Uh, and, and what it really is is that nucleic acids are polymers of nucleotides. So um, GTP is just one molecule. It's just one sort of molecular unit. It's not a long string of monomers, a long string of nucleotides like a nucleic acid is. Um, Mm. And yeah, actually, GTP is a nucleotide. I think people mess this up a lot because we typically think of nucleotides as like, you know, just our regular like A, C, T, G, um, basically. And those in DNA will have only one phosphate group. But GTP, which obviously is not a part of DNA directly, uh, it has three phosphate groups, but that's okay. To, to be a nucleotide, a molecule just needs to have um, at least one phosphate group and then a five-carbon sugar and a nitrogenous base, which it has. So, so. Ex- explain the difference again between nucleotide and nucleic acid. Totally. Um, a nucleotide is the monomer, so the individual subunit. Um, So nucleotides are sort of these smaller subunits, and then nucleic acids are long chains, long polymers of nucleotides. So 
if we're talking about like a whole strand of DNA, that would be a nucle nucleic acid. But if we're talking about an individual unit, um, like that base bound to the sugar and the phosphate, that would be a nucleotide. So kind of like glucose versus glycogen. Oh, totally. And actually also like A and B are amino acids and peptides. That's the same thing. Amino acids are the individual subunits that make up peptides. Okay. Yeah. So just a little fact-based thing here. But it's, it's always important uh, to just remember like GTP, ATP, all of those we see all, all the time are technically nucleotides. Okay. All right. Question 46. DCCD is a chemical that blocks the proton pore of ATP synthase. If treated with DCCD, which of the following is most likely to decrease in the actively respiring mitochondria of an adult rat cardiac cell? Oh, okay. So I guess we don't really need to know what DCCD is. We just need to know that it's blocking the proton pore of ATP synthase. So we we need to know what ATP synthase does um, and know that that's getting messed up in some way. And uh, the question is, what is happening to that cell? So A, uh, hydrogen concentration within the intermembrane space. Um, wait, oh, so it's it's what is decreasing. So is it A, hydrogen concentration within the intermembrane space, B, ADP concentration within the matrix, C, oxygen consumption, or D, chemiosmotic gradient across the inner membrane? Um, and so we need to figure out what ATP synthase does in terms of the mitochondria, What's how's that blocking and... and where where all that stuff is going or building up or not building up. So I'm going to let you explain it because I don't remember. Um, I, I think you, you see proton, you're like, ooh, hydrogen concentration must be doing something. At the, um, so, mm -hmm. But I'll, I'll let you explain. Totally. Yeah, this is a, this is a fun question, uh, and it's, it's easy to mess it up because, uh, like you said, they're asking about what's likely to decrease. So... Some or like even all of these answers might be relevant, but maybe they increase and that's why they're wrong. So what we want to do is just sort of start from the beginning and sum it up. And so we see, okay, DCCD blocks the proton pore of ATP synthase. Essentially, that just means, you know, protons um, during uh, ATP generation during um, the basically we have our electron transport chain and then we have our oxidative phosphorylation that generates ATP. So a major step of oxidative phosphorylation is protons moving through ATP synthase. And as that happens, we make ATP. Mm -hmm. So this chemical is blocking that. So what's going to result is we're not going to be able to make as much ATP. And eventually when you stop ATP synthase from functioning, eventually the whole thing will shut down. So yeah, the electron transport chain will slow and eventually stop. So that's what's happening. And now we just have to make sure we get the right answer and don't get it backwards. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we start with a um, proton concentration within the inner membrane space. So the inner membrane space is where we've been pumping protons out into that space to build up this uh, major like proton gradient. And what we've done is we blocked protons from coming back into the matrix. So what's actually going to happen is that proton concentration in the inner membrane space is, if anything, going to get bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because now they can't travel back inside. So A is out because um, it won't decrease. 
Yep. And then B, yeah, B says ADP concentration. And right away, that looks like something that's going to increase because yeah. ADP is, yeah, sort of like the inverse of ATP. So B's wrong. Oxygen consumption looks tempting because eventually we're just not going to be able to run this process at all. So eventually we're not going to be using oxygen as our final electron acceptor of the ETC. Yeah. Yeah. So that one looks like it might decrease. So we can leave that one. D says chemiosmotic gradient across the inner membrane. Uh, and that actually is, if we know what chemiosmosis is, which a lot of students don't, um, it just refers to the actual proton gradient. It's sort of just a fancy word for saying uh, a gradient of chemicals, and those chemicals are protons. Okay. So D is sort of saying proton gradient, and like we saw with A, the proton gradient, if anything, is going to increase, not decrease. So C is correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got to know what's going on and not. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's it's funny that the thing that jumped out to me that I wanted to pick right away uh, as, as something that wasn't right was C because I'm like, well, oxygen, like just because the cell's not working, the oxygen's still going to be uh, being taken out. But uh, I wasn't thinking more on the cellular level of the mm-hmm. the consumption of oxygen by the mitochondria, uh, not specifically the oxygen consumption of the rat um totally and and so yeah i could see where where that's an easy where an easy place to go wrong oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's easy to get messed up but if we eliminate we can get there that's the mcat for you uh-huh okay okay 47 a couple trying to conceive without using ivf methods would most likely have their highest chance of pregnancy blank so A is early in the follicular phase of the menstrual cycle. B is after the onset of menses. C, during the luteal phase of the menstrual cycle. Or D, midway through the follicular phase of the menstrual cycle. Oh, so you have to remember like the, the path of the egg from the ovary, what those, uh, what those different um, phases are. And... Uh, follicular to me like jumps out. It's like, oh, must be uh, follicular because you want the follicle to then explode and and get rid of the egg. <laughs> I know I don't know if that's the right way of saying that, but uh, yeah. Um, and so th- for me, th- that would narrow it down to A or B. And so is it early in the follicular f- phase or midway through? Um, and I would have to guess and say, well, let's, let's do midway through because I don't know any better. Yeah, that's, that's close. Uh, that's better than early. So, um, (laughs) so it could be worse, but the answer is actually C during the luteal phase. Yeah. Um, if you remember the, the phases of the menstrual cycle, we, we basically just have two where we have the follicular phase in kind of the first half where the follicle is just essentially growing um, and gaining nutrients and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the follicular phase, we have our LH surge and we have ovulation. Oh, okay. and, yeah. And then after ovulation, we have, so that's what you were saying is the follicle exploding. <laughs> yeah. That's ovulation, obviously. <laughs> I was just dumbing it down. <laughs> um, yeah. So then we have, so we have follicular phase, then we have ovulation, and then we have luteal phase afterwards. So until ovulation happens, the follicle is actually still 
um, sort of like not released from the ovary, right? Yeah. So we actually don't have the egg freely available to be fertilized until mm. after ovulation, which is the luteal phase. So that's that's why C is our best answer here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The fo- the the follicular um, just intrigued me too much. I'm like, well, it obviously has to be related to follicular. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was wrong. So C. When in doubt, go with C. Well, yeah, it's been working so far. Okay. The problem was I wasn't in doubt. That's what happens with confidence. <laughs> um, okay. Very interesting. So another another set of discretes done. And then uh, we know that as soon as we turn the page or click that button, we're back to another passage. So we have that pain coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. There you have it. Some more bio biochem from Next Step Test Prep Full Length 10. I get asked all the time from students just like you, Dr. Gray, what are the best resources out there as in terms of full-length exams, question banks, courses, tutoring, etc.? And my typical go-to answer because of feedback from other students is Next Step Test Prep. Not only are they well-known for their one-on-one tutoring, but they have an amazing course that I've reviewed at mcatcoursereview.com. Whatever it is that you need in your MCAT test prep, the Next Step Test Prep team is there to help you all along the way. Go to nextsteptestprep.com, use the promo code MCATPOD, that's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D, to save some money off of that prep and let them know that you heard about them here on the MCAT podcast. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time when we tackle some more Next Step Test Prep Full Length 10 Bio Biochem. 